Thank you all. So, how many of you have ancestors? <laughs> this is interactive, come on. Yay, I'm so glad. Otherwise, today would be kind of boring for you. Yeah, ancestors. Kind of an interesting topic. Kind of an interesting topic. I, I have lots of different thoughts about ancestors, and they start with ours. Because most of us have European ancestors. Most of them traveled here for some good reason. Because why would you leave your homeland? Why would you leave the place you were most familiar with, where everyone you knew was, and everything that you were familiar with was, unless something wasn't so good, unless something really was not great? What, is, what leads me to, to believe more of that is that here in our Western society in the United States, most of us are able to name our ancestors only about three or four generations back. So that's not very much. That's not very many ancestors, is it? Most of us don't have any idea what the names of our ancestors are before we got here. And if we do have names, we don't know much about them. We don't know why they came. We don't know what their stories were. We don't know what they had to overcome or what happened to them on the journey across. We don't even know really a lot about how it was for them once they got here. Why is that important? We have plenty of stuff to keep in our heads right now. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because epigenetics tells us the study of the genomes in our body, which has to do with our DNA and who we are, the study of epigenetics tells us that we carry up to 11 generations of information in our body. That who we are is influenced by up to 11 generations who came before us. That's a long way, isn't it? So how does it affect us? Well, it affects us because we carry responses to things that they had. It affects us because we look like our great aunt Martha. You know, it affects us because there are certain things. When your parents tell you you look like somebody you never met, that's absolutely genetic. It's, it is carried in your genetic system to look like someone in your family. You have somebody's nose and somebody's ears and somebody's baby toes for sure. Those are truths about who you are. But it also affects you because you carry more than that. That little thing you're afraid of, you know, snakes or spiders or bears or whatever it is, that may be because something happened to someone in your bloodline and they were shocked by it. They had an, an emotional response that was registered in their genetic system. And that has traveled down through the generations to you. Certain foods that you like, all kinds of things about who you are can be re related to your ancestral signature from people whose names you don't even know, whose life stories you know nothing about. So how could you ever tie back who you are to people that you don't know? 
It's an interesting thing to think about. Every October, we make time here to honor the ancestors. We make time to simply acknowledge that someone stands behind us. That if any one thing had gone wrong in our bloodline, we would not be who we are today. We might not even be here. So it is with gratitude for everything that stands behind us that we can appreciate who we are today. Who we are, that we are. So we honor the ancestors because they got us here. Through them we have this gift of life. But we honor also what about our ancestors we have taken into this existence. So there are a lot of interesting things from a spiritual perspective. There are a lot of interesting things that happen. Um, some people have experiences of visitations. Somebody who showed up at the foot of your bed. Someone who, I, I was sharing a story in the nine o'clock service about my mom. Um, my father was basketball referee when I was in grade school. And I'm the oldest, so all my siblings were younger than that. And my dad had gone out of town to referee a ball game. And it was a kind of a spooky night and something spooked my mom. And she got us all tucked in and she was just nervous. She said she, she just wasn't comfortable that night. And she went into her bedroom to go to bed and turned on the light and her bed was turned down. And my, the only person in my mother's life who ever did that for my mother was her father. And so, you know, she was able to see in that moment, this is, it's okay, I'm safe. I, and she was a little freaked out by that. <laughs> but she knew who it was. She knew who it was. We have these visitation experiences, these knowings. We might, it might be something we see. It might be something we feel. It might just be something we know. But we have these experiences that are so plentiful in our society that it's hard to deny that something is actually happening, that there's something there. And so we talk about that. We talk about the immortality of the soul, that we move beyond this physical form, don't we? Something else happens. Whenever we talk about ancestors, I want to talk about reincarnation because the whole idea of ancestor honoring, and believe me, when I say honoring is different than worship. I'm not suggesting we worship our ancestors. In fact, many of us will have ancestors we don't think should be honored, right? But it changes. Ancestor veneration changes when we look through the lens of reincarnation and say, well, what if that was me, that crummy guy back there? What if that was something in my soul? What if somehow I'm connected with what happened back then? What happens when we honor is that we heal. I read something yesterday that said our genomes are like, uh, what do you call that thing you shake? An Etch-a-Sketch. Our genome balance is like an Etch-a-Sketch. We can change the genomes in our body by how we choose to behave. It changes and shifts literally our DNA and we change and shift the future. Very interesting to me. Then I think, well, if that's really, if we're shifting and healing what was in the past, 
then we, what happens with our concept of oneness? That we are connected to all things, all people, all beings, all the oneness that is God. So what happens when we heal something? We heal all things, don't we? If we change the vibration of who we are, then doesn't that change things in the field of the oneness we are? So when we honor our ancestors, it's a big deal. It has the potential to be very healing. The Jewish faith believes that how you live heals the errors and ways of your ancestors. That you have a responsibility to live well, to live ethically, to do the right things. Because you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting everyone who came before you. So we honor our ancestors. We consider how we do this. There's a, I was looking for a biblical reference. Where can I find the idea of connecting with ancestors in the Bible? And what I found was the story of transfiguration. So Jesus takes three of his disciples and he goes up on a mountain and they're tired. It's been a long day. He goes up to pray. They go with him. They are there and falling asleep. And he begins to change in his prayer he begins to be filled with light and to reflect light so brilliantly that even his clothes are glowing. And it, it wakes them. It wakes them back up out of that kind of light, filmy sleep that we go into. And they wake up and they realize that on either side of him are Moses and Elijah, his ancestors, people from the past who are there conversing with him about what will happen as he goes forward into some of the great changes of his life, into the most difficult times of his life. And so, so real are these two figures that the disciples who are with them say, Master, we're going to put up tents for everybody. And he says, no. And the, the specters disappear. And he says, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody until after I re re uh, return from the dead, which to them means nothing at that time. But we know that means until our Christedness, until we are Christed, until we come to our divine sense. So when we talk about honoring our ancestors, we are talking about being able to pray forward the wisdom that comes through our lines of connection. To bring that forward. To really stand in the wholeness of the wisdom that is all of us forever. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stand up. And I want you to set down anything in your hands. And you're going to have to move a little bit with me, so I'm going to ask you not to talk, but just do this. I want you to place your hands on the shoulders of someone in front of you. If you are in the front row, stay right where you are, or move to the aisle so someone can get to you. And if you have to come out and move forward, that's fine. But by the time we're done, we will all have our hands on the shoulders of someone. Now I want you to, once you are there, 
You can go ahead and sit down, too, if you need to, Tom, and we can stand behind you, whatever works for you. What I want you to do now is close your eyes. And I want you to use your imagination and imagine that the, the hands that rest on your shoulders are the hands of your ancestors. That it's a grandmother or a grandfather or a beloved aunt or uncle whose hands are on your shoulders. And I want you to imagine that behind that is another ancestor. And behind that, another. And behind that, another. And another, and another, and another. In fact, I want you to stretch but stretch the boundaries of your imagination to imagine that hundreds and thousands of years of ancestors stand behind you all the way back, all the way back to the moment of source, to the moment we became. Because that's what it took to get you here. Hundreds of thousands of ancestors. And I want you to imagine that the love from that line flows all the way forward to you, that standing in your shadow are hundreds and thousands of souls watching you, observing you, seeing you take the lessons they learned into this life. That they are honoring you and loving you and passing wisdom forward to you. And I invite you to imagine who stands in front of you. Perhaps it is a son or a daughter, nephew or a niece, a grandchild, beloved neighbor, someone in whose life you are influential. And I want you to imagine that you could pass forward to them all the love and wisdom that is flowing through you from everyone who stands behind you. If you can give them the gift of all of that, so that they might move forward in a powerful way. And I invite you to imagine now that that person, that wise being in front of you turns around and says, I honor you. I honor you for all that you are for all that you have given, for all that you represent, I honor you. Take a deep breath in. Gently open your eyes. Turn around and say to the person behind you, I honor you, and then take your seat. Why do we honor the ancestors? There are many reasons. 
not the very least of which is the strength and power of who stands behind us. That we are the answer to someone's prayer somewhere in our bloodline, somewhere in our neighboring bloodline, somewhere there is a wise person who said, I'm doing this for my grandchildren. I'm doing this for the children of the world. I'm doing this because there's a future I care about that I may not even live to see. I'm doing this. And because I do it, the future will be different. You are the difference. That you are here is the difference. All that epigenic code inside of you, you are the difference. You are bringing forward what is power and wisdom and strength, and you are also bringing forward what needs to be healed. And that is your work in this lifetime, to be that etch-a-sketch, shake away the curses that need to go and bring forward the light you are. It's a powerful thing to recognize you are the answer to someone's prayer. And there's not a person in this room that isn't. Because somewhere in your line, someone held space for this time for you. They made a decision based on you being here. So we honor them. We honor them for the gift of what they gave to us that expresses as us, all the way back to source. We honor them because they carried forward source, the oneness that we are, the interconnectedness that we are. We honor them when they show up in our dreams, when they show up in our homes, when they show up in our memories. So in my bloodline, I have someone who caused great harm. I have a very hard time, caused great harm personally to me. I have a very difficult time with the honoring. I can honor all the rest of that except, right? Why would I honor that person? That person caused me harm. It's hard to do. Why would I honor that person? Because that person brought something forward in me that is mine to heal. Because in the great search that we as humankind have for purpose, that healing work that we do, it's what motivates us to get up in the morning. It's what empowers us that we are able to make things different. I honor that person because I don't want that to ever happen again. And I honor that person because who we express as, as human beings, is not who we are as souls in our eternal expression. In the immortality of us, we are one with the holy. We are good. And we come here and we learn through lessons and mistakes and error thinking. And through our error thinking, we pass genetic messages on to other generations who learn what it is that is theirs to learn. So this is a powerful time. This time of honoring ancestors is a time when we consider 
what needs healing, when we consider what wisdom we brought forth, when we thank our grandmothers and our grandfathers and our aunts and uncles and all of those who made a way for us to be here. And we're going to do this work all month. And it's powerful work. It's powerful work to look at what lives inside of you, what lives through you. It's powerful work to look back and learn about your ancestors. It's powerful to address a season that brings us grief and sorrow. It's powerful. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read you some sayings. And then we're going to take a moment for our offering. And when we're done with that, I'm going to invite you to use the paper in the seat back pocket in front of you and the pen. Or if you brought photos or memorabilia you'd like to place up here, you can. But I'm going to invite you to write down the name of the name or names of the ancestors you would like to honor today. We're going to do this every week so you don't have to name all 27 of them. Start somewhere. And when it's time, I'm going to step down here and I'm going to invite you to come to me first and to speak the names into the mic of the ancestors that you're honoring. And then we will place them up here and we will continue to pray and hold prayerful space for them throughout the month. So let's start with these sayings. These are sayings and not quotes. They come from different cultures. Some cultures are a lot better than we are at honoring the ancestors. This is from Senegal. In Senegal, they say the future emerges from the past. Kind of what we experience today. In Nigeria, they say without history, there is no life. I just realized you guys will sing your song and then we'll do that. Yes. Okay. That'd be, let's do that. Let's do that. In Japan, they say the past is the future of the present. The past is the future of the present. In China, they say to forget one's ancestors is to be a brook without a source or a tree without a root. In Old England, they said this, he who has no fools, knaves, or beggars in his family was begot by a flash of lightning. And in Italy, they say, every time history repeats itself, the price goes up. 